Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. The name Tom Scholes, S-C-H-O-L-Z, to many in the room may not mean anything just by his name, but... If I were to have either of the guitarists up here come back, that were up here, come back up here and and just go on a little riff with their guitar, it would more than likely send a number of us back to a place or a memory or a time that Tom wanted you and me or anybody else to listen to his song, More Than a Feeling, with the group Boston to get to that place. This morning, I want us to spend some time on Route 66, not sharing with you more than likely anything new, okay? There there may be a, a view or a slant of this concept of love that we are going to talk about, we're going to study and we're going to look at that may be new, but, but more than likely not. And that's okay. For this concept, this word, love, for you and me, we need to grasp onto it just like the words that Tom wrote in that song, More Than a Feeling, that it would be for you and me more than a feeling. I'm not going to sing it, but here's the chorus. It's more than a feeling. When I hear that old song they used to play, More Than a Feeling, and I close my eyes and begin dreaming, it's more than a feeling, till I see this girl, this Mary Ann, Walk away. Yes, till I see my girl Marianne walk away. Love is more than a feeling. Maybe that song doesn't resonate with you. Maybe you and I would find that it is understood. Show you a quote on the screen from a rabbi, Rabbi David Wolf of the Sinai Temple in Los Angeles stated this about love. He wrote about it in a Time Magazine article back in 2016. We would have a healthier concept. This is the whole of his argument in the article. We would have a healthier concept of love if we understood that love, like parenting or friendship, is a feeling that expresses itself in action. What what we really feel is reflected in what we do. Maybe that one hasn't hit you. Let me give you one more. Maybe you like plays, musicals, theater productions. In Fiddler on the Roof, there is a question asked, Goldie, do you love me? And she states, 
for 25 years. For 25 years, I've cleaned up after you. For 25 years, I've cleaned your clothes. I've fed you, put food on the table. I've picked up after you, etc. on and on and on. And she wasn't stating. It wasn't a statement of, I've done all these chores for you, so therefore you know that I love you. No, she's stating. Here are the actions of my love. The action of my affection, of my feeling is shown. Today I want us to travel down Route 66 to what some might say I might even call lover's point or the point of love. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we're going to begin reading in verse number 7. And we're going to read all the way through the end of the chapter. 1 John is toward the back of the Bible. So if you go to Revelation, turn back to the left, just a couple of pages, a couple of books, and you will find 1 John. And here is what John wrote in 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let me stop for just a second. Okay, so in verse 7 down through verse 21, verse 7 down through verse 21, that's what we're going to read. As I read it, you're going to hear one word over and over again. It is the word in Greek, agape, or the word in English, love. 23 times. Do you think he wants to get a point across? 23 times he says that word. He says that word about God. He says that word about his his, uh, readers. He says that word about his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Love. And he starts with it. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not Love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation For our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but, excuse me, not but, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, by this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. Verse 17. By this is love perfected with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, 
Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected, has not been completed in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment, this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God, must also love his brother. Heavenly Father, thank you for not just saying you love us. Thank you for not just saying there is a feeling that you have toward us or toward your creation, toward your sons and daughters. Thank you that you put action with that feeling. Thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending Jesus. Father, this morning as we see the uh, direction that love flows and as we see love defined, would, would you speak? Would you speak to us in the room in such a way that it is clear, it is understandable. God, if it's not new, you would drive it deep in us. If it is new, you would drive it deep in us. And we would live that out. For you are worthy of our action our affection. May we abide in you. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Two thoughts this morning. The first is this. The direction of love is important for you and me to grasp. The direction of love is important for us to grasp. If you look there in verses 10 and 11, and that's going to be the meat of our text for the day, in verse 10, verse number 10, it states this, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Three words in that verse, he loved us. He loved us. The the direction of love does not go from the bottom toward the top. The direction of love is that it started at the top with God. And because He loved us, you and I are commanded to love. That's the direction. The direction is that He loved, so therefore you and I are to love as Well, it's not just that he loved. He is love. John 
states that multiple times in this book, in this letter. He states it in this passage. If you look back in chapters, chapter 2, he states that he is light. He's also spirit there in chapter 3. And here, a characteristic, an attribute of who God is, is love. Love begins and flows down from God. He. Spurgeon stated it this way. He, who is God all-sufficient, needs nothing of us, neither can indeed receive anything at our hands. He loved us. He. Just for a second, I want you to think about descriptions, descriptors of God. This God, this Lord of all creation, this holy, pure judge, high and lifted up, this one who is righteous, just, who is the same, never changing, This magnificent one, this majestic one, the one who is light and true, who is your defender, who is your provider, who is your sustainer, who John states right here is love. This one loved you. 23 times, as I stated previously, 23 times John uses the word Agape. In the Greek New Testament, the original language of Matthew through Revelation, there are three different words used for love. There is agape, there is uh, phileo, and there is eros. Three types of love. This word, agape, is the total, selfless, sacrificial love that is shown that describes God. And this love is the love that you and I are challenged, commanded even, to live out. And the only way that we can do it is that we have seen it, we have experienced it, we know it as John states in this passage, we know it because of what He has done for us. He loved us. This one loved. You're like, Brian, I don't deserve his love. Exactly, you got it. A plus on the report card. None of us in the room deserve it. Every single one of us in the room have, will, at this moment, possibly are failing. Him. Yet he loved. He loves us. The direction that love flows comes from the one who is love, who is the character of love, the attribute of love, and flows out for you and me. And it's not just words. You see there in those verses, I'll read verse 10 and 11 again for us. In this is love. Not that we loved 
God, but that he loved us, sent his son to to be the propitiation. As I've stated before, there's a 25 cent theological term. Propitiation means this, a sacrificial atonement. Someone took your place. That someone is Jesus. He died in your place. He died on your behalf. He took what was yours and mine, sin, judgment, the wrath of God. He took that on himself. He died for you in your place. And God demonstrated his love. As that love is flowing, he demonstrated that love by that action. So let me ask you a question. If you see that love demonstrated in your life, if you have seen it, you see it now, you understand it with the gray matter that is in between your left ear and your right ear, you understand it. How much do you love God? You have been demonstrated. It's been demonstrated in front of you from day after day after day after day how much He loves you. How much do you love Him? We're at the end of a month, 30 days has just gone by. By your actions in the last 30 days, could somebody say, yeah, that lady, she loves God. Yeah, that that guy, he, he loves God. He loves God. Because, fill in the blank of an action. God demonstrated his love. He didn't just talk about it for you, sir, family, ma'am. He didn't just talk about it for River Bend. He said, hey, you want to know how much I love you? Here's how much I love you. I'm going to take your place. You say you love him? Is there action behind it? You say that he is your Lord and your Savior. Is there action behind that statement? Could someone who has never seen you take the video clip of the last month and say, that Brian Tillman loves God because of this, 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 and this. I see it. Could he do the same? Could she do the same for you? God is love. Love comes from him, not from us up to him. You and I didn't create Him. He created us. He created everything in this universe. And love is an attribute of who He is. But not only do we see the direction that love comes from Him to us, but we see a definition of love. Love is defined. Love defined is action. Look there in verse number 11, and then we'll spend some time walking through the rest of the chapter. But there in verse number 11, he says, Beloved, close-knit group, those in the body of believers, but those that were close to John, beloved, 
If God so loved us, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Love defined is action. It's not just a word. It's not just a feeling. It's more than a feeling. It is action. It was asked of Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 39. Rabbi, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You shall love the Lord your God with all your soul. You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then in verse 40, he says this, on these two commands, on, on these two, on, on loving God with everything that you have and on loving somebody else like you love yourself, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Without the first commandment obeyed, you and I can't love You and I can't have correct action toward others around us. Loving God is first. As most of you know, there's a new being in our house. And that new being is reminding me about selfishness. He's reminding me about selfishness on two levels. On his level... And on my level. He's selfish. And I'm selfish. He's selfish in this. Four seconds after you put a bottle in him, he's asleep. And four seconds when he wakes up, he's letting everybody in the house know that he's awake and wants a bottle. It's like clockwork. If his eyes are shut, there's silence. If his eyes are open, everybody knows it. Because he wants a bottle. He is selfish. He thinks in his mind. I just, I can just see the, the, uh, the little connectors in those neurons going. I'm the only person in the whole universe, and if I don't let somebody know about it, they're not going to feed me. How in the world am I going to get some more formula in me? Okay, let's let our lungs just champion that. Selfish. I'm selfish. Every time I hear that, I go deaf. (laughs) Not only do we see that in babies and adults, think about it this way. Babies cry because they want to be changed, they want to be fed, they want to be held. Toddlers are selfish. Because all the toys are theirs, no sharing whatsoever. You and I didn't have to teach our kids to, sh- to, uh, to be selfish 
with their toys. No, that came because they are of their father, Adam, just like we were of our father or of our father, Adam. Adults, senior citizens, we ourselves are selfish as well. Hoarding time, hoarding instead of giving, nest eggs for a rainy day, instead of sending, instead of going, instead of loving. Every facet of life from the time that we are in the crib to the time that we go into the ground We are a selfish lot. And it is demonstrated example day after day after day. I've stated it numerous times that we never, we as a people, never stay right close to Him. No, we have a second nature in us. Those of us who are His, not only do we have the nature that He gives us in His Son and His Spirit, but we have that other nature, the nature of the flesh, Adam's nature, our Father, and it tugs and pulls on us every moment of the day. I was listening to a sermon this week by a guy named Ron Dunn. Ron Dunn was Uh, an evangelist and a pastor in the middle of the uh, 1900s, um, pastor of church out in Dallas, MacArthur Boulevard. But uh, he was preaching and he said, no matter how long, how many sermons my nature hears, and I've been doing this, he was 65 when he was preaching this sermon. He said, I've been doing this for 50 years. My nature is just as bad as he was the first time I stood in the pulpit. Your old nature, Christian, your old nature doesn't get better with time. Your old nature gets more ingrained, more selfish, more self-centered if you and I allow him or her to remain on our throne. It is demonstrated in the way that we speak, in the way that we act, in our attitudes, in our work. And this love is defined for you and me. Sir, are you selfish today? That's not the question. Because we're all selfish. Sir, are you allowing your selfishness to rule you today? Ma'am, are you allowing your selfishness to rule you today? Going back to a previous question this morning. How are you doing in the loving God category? Are you spending time with Him? How much time have you spent with Him in the past week? How much time have you spent with him in the past month? Students, because my 15-year-old is sitting here, are you spending more time with TikTok? Are you spending more time on the radio? Are you spending more time watching or flipping through CNN or Fox News? More time with Netflix, more time on bicycles, more time at Amazon, more time with soccer, softball, more time with me or you, 
than with God. Love is an action word. And if that is the case, and it is, that being the case, it must be acted upon. And it is acted upon with your time. It is acted upon with your words. It is acted upon day after day after day. Because if not, then everything that you say that you are, everything that I say that I am, is a lie. Questions for you this week. How did you love God this past week? How did you love others this past week? How much did you love others in your house this past week? How much did you love others outside of your house this past week? The only way that you and I could love others is if we love Him first. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says that I love God and I hate my brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This past week you have seen a lot of your brothers. You have seen a lot of your sisters. You have seen a lot of your family, a lot of your neighbors. How have you loved them? River Bend, we have seen those around us. How have we loved them? And this commandment we have from Him. Whoever loves God must also love his brothers. Love's a word that is easy for you and me to say. Four letters. Four letters. L-O-V-E. But love is a daily action. And it's a daily action that you and I must demonstrate for those in our house, for those outside of our house, for those that we come in contact with one time, those we come in contact with every moment of the day. And sir, the only way that you are going to be able to love them is if you love Him. The only way that you can love Him is spend time with Him. Tomorrow starts a new month. That month has 31 opportunities for you. Brand new opportunities. Every morning that is July is an opportunity for you and for me to demonstrate our love. The challenge for all of us, the challenge for all of us is to love Him.
because he first loved you. And he demonstrated that love for you in the greatest way possible. He took all your junk, took all my junk, and put it on himself and paid the price that was coming to you. You deserved separation. He separated himself. You deserve to die. He died for you. So that you might come to him. Because of how much he loved and loves you. Heavenly Father, we come this morning. Thank you for the description. Thank you for the reminder that you love us. You, the King of Kings, love me, the chief sinner. Father, you invited us to the table, not because of anything that we did, but because of what you did for us through Jesus. Father, it would be extremely easy for us to, uh, to say, yeah, I know everything about love. I, I, I get love. I get it. But Father, I pray that as we come to a time of response, God, that we would, we would just be still for a moment. We'd be quiet for a moment. And Lord, You would... You would allow this to just percolate just a little in our minds this morning of how much you love us and your desire, challenge, command to live that out. Some of you in here this morning have... Uh, Hadn't spent much time with the Lord in the last week. Hadn't spent much time with the Lord in the last month. As the author has stated, our, we like sheep have gone astray. We are prone to wander. Maybe you have spent June. Maybe you have spent 2019 wandering away from Him and He is calling you back as He does. And this morning, sir, ma'am, student, you just in this time, at this moment, would you just say, okay, Lord, I surrender again, afresh, anew. I, I am yours. I'm coming back to you. Maybe you are in this room this morning and you have never accepted him. And seeing the direction and the demonstration, the definition, so to speak, of love, you want to give your life to Him. We're going to stand and we're going to sing and I invite you to come. Let me introduce you to uh, Jesus this morning. If you are His, just spend some time talking with Him. If you're not His, you would like to know Him, come talk to Him. The altar is open. You stand and join us as we sing back to him.
You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.